to another episode of Science Snacks. It's me, your science liaison with a face designed for podcasting, Eric. And today we're talking about a Nobel Prize winner. That is Nobel Prize winner Otto Hahn. He won the Nobel Prize in 1944 in chemistry and is accredited to be known as the father of nuclear fission. So in order to understand his story, let's talk about what nuclear fission actually is. So when they drop a nuclear bomb, what is physically happening? When we go down to the atomic level, uh, we have protons and neutrons sitting inside this type. Almost you can kind of think of it as like one of those bunches of grapes. And there's protons, which are positively charged, and neutrons, which are neutrally charged. And kind of circling around them, it, much like flies around stinky, stinky poop, is the electrons. These electrons are negatively charged, and they sit in orbits around it. And that's kind of the general premise for most of chemistry, is, okay, so we have these positively charged nuclei, and we have these negatively charged electrons that are all trying to meet these, these positive... They're on a dating scene, and they're like, Sub, girl, how you doing? And they're wanting to come and meet them, them protons. Well, that's the premise for most of chemistry. So when we think about the atom, we can kind of think of it as this, this tightly packed nucleus. There's an equation often given that the nucleus, if you imagine it as being like the, the center plate in a baseball field, the electrons can be found anywhere throughout the rest of the, the baseball field. It is a very large uh, amount of area that they can potentially cover. So when we think about electrons in this way and neutrons and protons all kind of sitting around this this nucleus hanging out well what would happen if we were to shoot that nucleus well so that's what Otto Hahn accidentally did when uh, throwing some neutrons at some uranium and then it split into two different atoms and there was an emission of energy during that reaction and he was befuddled he's like oops 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 as most good science starts <laughs> so what happened then was that he was curious why this this happened um we should talk about Anno Hahn a little bit more he was born in Frankfurt Germany and he received his PhD in organic chemistry from the University of Munich um, he inadvertently discovered nuclear fiz fission in 1938 during an experiment in which he split the uranium atom into barium, what I just described. And then he was awarded the Nobel Prize in Chemistry, and I quote, for his discovery of the fission of heavy atomic nuclei in uh, 1944. So why can't we just break up all nuclei? Well, some nuclei are easy to break than others. The heavier an atom gets, that is, the more protons and neutrons are sitting in that core, the easier it is to break apart. You can kind of think of it like, uh, like there's like a sticky piece of gum in the very middle. And the more, if you just have two pieces there, they're feeling all that, that gum holding them together. But if you have more and more and more, well, they're not as sticky, not as connected to that core as, you know, one might imagine. So these are radioactive. That is, they will shed pieces of that core in order to stabilize themselves, in order to become a little bit more easy to, to hold together. What occurs then? Well, 
when you have the splitting of an atom, you have a large amount of energy. The atom is held together very, very powerfully by what's called these internuclear forces. These hold things so tightly, in fact, that by splitting them, you can cause huge reactions. These are the reactions that, you know, splitting atoms over and over and over and over again ultimately can be used in the formation of nuclear bombs and in nuclear reactors. This was something originally discovered by Otto Hahn. Later, this research would be used to develop bombs by creating essentially a chain reaction. So if I have uh, a splitting of some amount of, of plutonium, for example, a very radioactive element, uh, it may release or it will release some level of, of neutrons that then strike a local nearby plutonium and then those will release protons that strike others and almost in one of those exponential equations you know it starts with 1 and then to 2 and then to 4 and then to 16 and 32 and so on and so forth so you start to get these this destruction of that very powerful nuclear force and the energy caused by that is the kind that is produced in those atomic bombs. Now, Otto Hahn has kind of an interesting history. He was originally in World War I and was conscripted to the German army, where he was placed in a special unit for chemical warfare. Hahn's unit developed, tested, and produced poisonous gases for military purposes. These gases could be things like uh, bromine or chlorine gas. These turn into bromic acid and chloric acid, hydrochloric acid and hydrobromic acid inside of your lungs as your body interacts with these gases. These then, you know, melt your lungs pretty unpleasantly from the insides and you drown in your own blood. It is a very terrible way to die. And this was iconic to chemical warfare in World War One, The German army used this, and there's even stories about them using it and not really knowing how to handle it, but using it experimentally um, and costing a lot of lives. To be more specific, the story goes that in April 22nd of 1915, the German forces uh, released on their western front uh, more than 150 tons of lethal chlorine gas against two uh, French colonial divisions in Belgium. Um, the story goes that the Germans didn't quite know how to handle the gas when it was released and that the uh, it wasn't very windy that day so they released this gas they were prepared for it the French forces were not and a lot of men died in those trenches but because the gases stayed inside those trenches they weren't blown away and it, they're pretty heavy gases so they didn't like rise and you know just dissipate it was the case that the Germans couldn't even take over those trenches that had since then been cleared out by this terrible gas. Uh, this is one of the first great, or big uses I should say, not great, uses of chemical warfare that started in World War I. Eventually chemical warfare would be banned by the Geneva Convention and no longer be a way that someone could use uh, chemical weapons in war just because of how psychologically damaging it is, how physically damaging, painfully damaging it is. It is a very terrible thing to use chemical warfare because it is a very terrible way to die. Um, from there, 
we have where he discovered nuclear fission. And later, it was suspected that he was working on Germany's atomic program. But he actually wasn't. He spent most of his time studying various uh, radioactive isotopes. Even still, Hahn and other leading German physicists, including uh, several big-name people in the chemistry world, were then taken and placed in an internment camp in Farm Hall, Godmanchester, England. And from July 1945 until January of 1946. Now, the story goes that... Uh, apparently, when he was at the hall and the nuclear bombs were dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, apparently he was told this by the soldiers that were guarding the internment camp at the time, at which point Han was just beside himself with despair, felt that he was responsible for the deaths of all these tens of thousands of innocent Japanese people as the bombs were dropped on cities of, you know, bystanders and people not maybe directly involved in the war and he fell down sobbing or at least that's how the story goes um, he then spent many of his remaining years saying that he didn't want the uh, information the the science that he had done used for these nuclear bombs that he felt some level of ownership some level of responsibility for how this information is used. And that brings up a pretty interesting point in the field of science. Are you responsible for just your work? Just, oh hey, I did this small experiment. Or are you responsible for how that experiment, how your scientific progress is used? And I think there's an inclination to say, well, I can't control other people. I cannot, you know, years down the road, let's say that even a benign experiment that I did uh, resulted in, you know, thousands and thousands of casualties. Well, I couldn't have predicted that. But here we have an individual who is, for all intents and purposes, exactly in that situation. And his just happened to be a very monumental, uh, apocalyptic uh, thing for the Japanese people. I wonder if put in that situation, many minds wouldn't change. Many people wouldn't feel that, oh, you know, that's, that's not my responsibility how people use my science. Because it is said that Otto Hahn fought against the use of his things until he uh, died. He did interviews and said that he did not want his science used in that way. Something for thought. It's also worth noting that a woman uh, named Elise, Lee, also known as Lise uh, Meitner, was an Austrian-Swedish physicist who also worked with Otto Hahn and uh, earned a doctorate in physics. Uh, she was working side-by-side -side with him and a large group of individuals that were working on this project at the time. Uh, she was a full professor of physics in Germany. She was working at the Kaiser Wilhelm Institute. Uh, she lost many of her uh, accolades and positions because in the 1930s there were these anti-Jewish sentiments and she eventually in 1938 fled to Sweden where she lived for uh, several years ultimately coming and becoming a Swedish citizen. 
Um, she was nominated several times for uh, the Nobel Prize, uh, but was ultimately not chosen for it, even though she worked side by side with Otto Hahn. Uh, many people have called her not getting a Nobel Prize straight up unjust and uh, not fair. It was even in some of the published papers that they produced that the name uh, Fission was initially given. Uh, so, I mean, many times women in science are not given the credit that they're due. Some of the most intelligent scientists I have ever met that I have ever worked with were women. And some of the worst scientists that I've known were men. <laughs> and I think that that's not great and we should do better. So now you know about Nobel Prize winning physicist, chemist Otto Hahn, and how exactly the nuclear fission idea came about. The pieces of his story live on to this day, as nuclear arms are still kind of a big deal. Uh, but, on that note, that's enough for me. Hey, don't forget your safety glasses. Yeah.